0: It's okay. It's okay. He won't hurt us. He, he would have killed me by now. Okay, I think it's because we're not actually part of the movie. He doesn't really know what to do with us. Hello
1: and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar and with me as always is... Ralph. That's right. We're back for our last show of the season because it's not the year and our last compound show. Um, we've been doing, if you haven't talked up to us lately, we have been doing top 10 shows. We did our top 10 films, so top 10 TV shows, and now we're doing our discoveries, which is what this episode is about, 147, the top 10 discoveries in 2021. Um, we're going to get into that shortly and explain what that is. Uh, but before we do so, you can always check this episode and all, and all of our other previous many years of, um, top 10 shows and whatnot and reviews. Over at otherpodcast.com uh, and uh, check that out. I've been updating it pretty well and uh, it's all there for you. Um, now this is going to be a, a little announcement, I guess. Um, while this is the last countdown, it is also our, our last show. Um, before we take a break, we're going to take a break for about, I don't know, about a month, give or take. Um, we'll just, uh, just look out for the next episode when it comes out, probably in March, most likely in March. Um, as we, you know, this is our vacation period, so to speak, and we get to have a few movies come out. Uh, maybe we'll come out around the time when the Oscars, the Academy Awards uh, mm-hmm. show gets premiered or at least uh, announced. I don't know. I actually haven't checked into that. Do you know anything about that, Ralph? Has they mm-hmm. announced a date or anything?
0: I uh, no, I haven't heard of a date, but I'm assuming it's late. No, it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that stupid thing? Late uh, November or November, uh, November? February. Late February.
1: Uh, I don't know if they're gonna do that. That's my yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. Anyway, um, usually around the, at that time, we'll maybe we'll come back for that. I don't know. Uh, what time will be the best time to do it? But we'll come back soon, probably March, but not too much later than that. So we're not gonna have like a huge break. But anyway, that's what's going to happen um now. This is uh this may be one of the weirdest and hardest lists to compile, but it really it's also is. one of the shortest shows because uh what discoveries mean is that it's our way to include things in our life that entertained us or that satisfied or that were surprising or good in a way surprising in a good way I guess. Um and uh, usually it could be anything. It could be from a song to an album, to a book, to a series of books, to obviously movies, TV shows as well. And the, the trick of it is, is that discoveries implies that it's um things we discovered for the first time to us that um, that came out in the past. Um, so that way, it's a way to include things that did not come out in 2021, for example. So like because those were the top 10 TV shows and the top 10 movies usually deal with uh, that covers all that. But this is our way of like, you know, you know, we maybe watched a movie from 1946 and we want to really like we really liked it and we want to put it somewhere and kind of give it some notoriety. That's what this is. That's what the top 10 would be for. Um, Although in the past we've done we usually kind of get into games and other things that we never get a chance to talk about. At least I do. So it could be anything really. And the wonderful thing about this list is that while it's hard to compile because, you know, you unless you keep a strict list every all year round, so
0: you, know? um, you have to like
1: look around your house like, what did I do? <laughs> Which year? is what
0: I've been doing for like the last week. Right. Yeah, it's so, it's so stupid to do that, but you're like, and it's funny, I even asked my own wife, my wife, she's like, what did we do last year?
1: <laughs> right. What did you do? What
0: happened? Well, do we do uh-huh. anything? Like, you're just like, I know we did things. Like, right. But
1: what? Yeah. Uh, So uh, it might be hard. I keep a list now. I know in the past, I mean, every year it happens. I miss a few things. I never, like, some things I never wrote in that list or just overlooked entirely. And uh, they're gone forever. You know, I'll remember later. I'm like, God damn it, you know. Um, And that sucks. But that's just them as the breaks, right? So it happens, it happens. So I'm curious as to what will be the that damn it moment for this list. But, (laughs) um, so anyway, the merciful thing about this list is that while it is an interesting top 10 compared to most other top 10s out there of every podcast, really, is that um, it's also short. So, you know, we're not going to talk about things that we hated this year. That's, uh, yeah. that's pretty negative. So we're going to talk about just uh, the top 10. And then we am going to get into, honestly, the honorable mentions of things that almost made the list. But that's it. There's nothing to look forward to because it's life. You know, there's nothing to, it's anything, you know, Um because then, if we start talking about like, oh, games, we look forward to our books, then we just start a podcast on that because it's not the same. So it's a shorter list, mercifully, but it is a harder one to compile. And usually, never, ever, ever, I mean, maybe there's been one incidence, one time when we had uh, the same thing on our list, but it's yeah. really impossible because we have different, we consume different things. Correct. So, yeah. And even then, like, if you consume something that I've seen before, I probably saw it like five years ago and you saw it just this, you know I mean, So that makes
0: right, sense. Right, right, right. Which is usually the case for me. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Especially with older films or something. Yeah. Um, all right. So without further ado, I think, uh, how about you start us off Ross?
0: Sure. This yeah. So I, um, my list is a little weird. <clears throat> um, and, uh, I split my list into two parts and my two parts are, um, discoveries for me, things that I consume media wise. Um, that are in a top list and yeah. it's kind of broken down pretty much in the middle um, to other movies or shows. Um, and then others are events in my life that I've done. Um, and I'll explain those as we go along. So it actually is actually almost, almost damn near perfect of things that I consumed oh. uh, half and half, uh, one through five and one through five. Um, so um, I I have, there's no order to my shit to be really honest with you. I, do, I just put them in order to, so I number them. Um, okay. But we're, but we're gonna just so I have a number for for you, really. Um, so when I give you the list, you're like, "There's no number here." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Um, okay. So uh, there is no number. There's no nothing's the best, I guess in my in my opinion. Um, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the case is in those in those aspects. But like I said, I did I did space everything out. Um, and my number two is a weird one right away. Uh, okay. It's. Um, and I'm going to start with, uh, I guess, things that have had happened right, or in life that I've experienced for the first time. And the first one was well, the most recent thing. And it actually happened the very last day of the year, which is um, the coronavirus. I uh-huh. mean,
1: that was 2020, bro. I mean, yeah, I get
0: it. <laughs> You know, I get it. Right, exactly. Came out in 2020. I never, I've never had it. Never had to have it. I've never had any symptoms. And if I did, I never knew if I had it, right? Um, That's true, yeah. Until the last day when I actually did have it. My wife has had it. Oh, fuck, I have it. <laughs> Which ended up, yes, I had it. And it was, a uh, weird. It was, it's, it's like, this is the, the, the weird thing about it. Obviously, I mean, I don't know if it's harmed a lot of people, right? And I, all these other things. But for me, it was, um, I got sick. I had a fever. A lot of, just, fatigue and shit like that, that I had to go through. Really, it was like three days of shit. Sucked. But then after that, it was just like, okay. It just kind of, done and said um i am vaccinated i have all this stuff but it's a weird experience because i've managed to avoid it and I've and i've been saying, saying this to a lot of people with just especially where i work the fact that i've managed to avoid it this long um it's kind of amazing <laughs>
1: um, i mean i mean i'm still there i'm still in that zone of never having it so far right
0: yeah which is like it's just again
1: so, as far as i know
0: yeah right as far as all right it's, it's just so crazy because like I mean, even before, like, you know, when we were in 2019, and 2020, early 2020, um, even 20, most of 2021, I just didn't, none of, none of that, was like, I never felt, I never got more sick than, I don't know, normal cold, you know, like, if at, if at that, it was really weird. Wow. Um, but what's funny is that, that actually, work gives me 14 days off, sorry, my apologies, 10 days off, it feels like 14, because it's two weeks, but it's not, um, work gives me 10 days off to recover. Um, and you're mandatory 10 days off, but it's like, well, after the three days, you know, being sick four, whatever you quarantine, I, I obviously checked and everything, but it was almost like a weird, weird, like break from work that was especially needed around that time. You know, cause the holidays just ended. I have, I get really busy during the holiday season. I'm sure you do too. Um, just work wise. And it was just really weird to have like a forced vacation. I, that's what I call it. I call it my forced vacation. That's why it's, for me, it's like my number 10. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just really weird to have it out there. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely weird.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's, yeah. um. yeah, nonetheless, it's, it happens. All
1: right. So it's number 10. I guess I'll just mark it as coronavirus. Um, probably. Put the up. You should really number your things, by the way. Um, all right. No I, so my I number, number my no, I know. My number ten is—I uh, mean, I, I would think in my t- in my top ten. I was thinking about putting life things on there because some life should happen for sure on my end. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't do that. I try to just go for things that people can experience themselves too. Um, that's kind of my kind of my goal on these top ten shows. But. Um, Maybe I don't want to mention. So I'll mention some stuff, but uh, yeah. So anyway, everything on here is consum- consumable by anyone, ideally. So my number ten is already something that is very hard to consume by anyone unless you go out into a very specific website and buy it and then wait for it to ship to you. It is a uh, it is a filmmaker. Um, I bought two of his films randomly, blind. Bought them. I saw online a few on a few places of this horror movies. That were really hardcore and crazy, like super insane, like cool. right out, disgusting, and all that stuff, right? And I'm like, you know me, I'm a horror guy. Um, and I don't really take that lightly. I really fucking want so I want crazy shit sometimes. Um, and I bought two of his films. This is um, so my number 10 is called Sam Hell, because that's his name, at least his fake name that he puts out there. Very hard to find a picture of this guy, by the way. Only one picture of this guy exists, um, which is shady sounding. Um mm-hmm. uh-huh. But there you go. And he makes movies. He's made like six movies or thereabouts. And I bought two of his movies. um, Blu-rays I have in my house. One is called Sadistic Pleasures, which already sounds like a weird, um, what do you call it, like one of those triple X rated things. And then the other one is called Love Dump, which is a great title for a horror movie, I think. Love Dump sounds wonderful to me. Um, I saw both. And um, the reason I'm the number ten because he wins for like, you know what? Yeah, okay. I get why people say it. It works. I get it. You're pretty disgusting, bro. Like it's it's out there. It is also triple X rated, you know, desire like sexual actual <laughs> sexual activity going uh-huh. on around the horror. The only bad thing about it, and this is really bad, is that he is a bad storyteller. There is absolutely no story, if any, to his films. And, you know, what makes a horror movie really horrifying is when you empathize with the characters Yeah, that is like number one. Like if you can't do that, then put a kid or a dog in there or something Um, if you want to get something out of your audience. And uh, none of that's in here. So I feel like um, missed opportunity for on his case for. Kind of focuses too much on the horror technicalities and everything else goes away but uh th- i will say though i've never seen anything like it before as a horror film guy who's seen um anything from visitor q to hannibal cannibal holocaust and whatever uh this one uh really wins in some respects in some respects um some pretty crazy gore beheadings god knows what and test anything um, not anything you can imagine but a lot you can imagine is about about torturing someone or doing anything like that uh is done in this film and is done for you know like sadistic reasons yeah. um anyway pretty anyway this is uh this ha- i watched these movies during my horror renaissance that we did a show about almost uh, back in october november where i was watching so many horror movies and this was like two of them that i saw and it hit me in a certain way where, like, man, I will never unsee that again in a good way because I love horror so much. And I know it's fake. Um, and I know, yeah, by the way, just in, case, just in case you're wondering, it is low rent. They do all the shootings in hotel rooms, clearly, like, as a way to not have any distinguishing marks on other real places, which all sounds shady as fuck. But, um, but yeah, yeah, there's uh, making ofs in one of the dvds so like they are not stuff films, by like in secret they are for real fake movies okay and i uh, just made to look really real like some of that stuff looks really too real other stuff not so much but a lot of it is and it's pretty cool makeup and artistry honestly um if you want to do horror that way so yeah it's a weird number 10 i want to put it here because there's something un- 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 you know un- unlike anything i've put on here recently in past years so that is why it's my number 10. Sam Hell, all one word, one L in hell. Um, all right, so uh, Ralph, your number nine.
0: My number nine is uh, another, like, sticking with experiences. My number nine is a weird one. This is uh, better than the Rona, so don't trust me. And it's um, something I've never done yet. This is my first time doing it this year. And it's actually vacationing with your family. I have a kid and wife, right? With, mm-hmm. and, and, and now you're vacationing with other families, the friends. Um, so this, and this is, this is my slash thing. I had a vacation this year with, um with a friend of friend of a friend of mine and their family, they have like three kids. Um, and they I brought like, this. yeah, they brought like two other kids. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to, it was a quick three day weekend trip, right. Um, to, uh, mall of America, but I've been to the mall of America. So I can't put mall of America as an experience besides the board.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. Um, I went to, uh, the Wild America with family, but we all stayed at the same place, we all hung out, we all met up with each other, you know, it was just vacation. Um, the logistics of that is unreal when you think about it. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's like having to, well, it's having to please like, who do you, who's the more, it's weird because it's like you have two strong heads, you know, and like, who's more, you want to be pleasant with people, but at the same time, you also want to enjoy your own vacation. It's like, but you don't want to offend anybody, you know. It's like, in a, you're like in a weird situation, um, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to do everything together, but at the same time, especially when you go into like somewhere like the Mall of America, you're just not gonna. You're just not gonna. You know, no. Every not everyone wants to go to the same places.
1: Um, yeah, that's that's true. I assume that's true. I don't really. Right. Do. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So it was a definitely interesting experience. It was uh, more of a like I realized that um, I'm obviously more of a um, outgoing person. I would say than with anyone in our family besides uh, within the brothers, right? Uh, sure. And uh, I would say it's like I really felt like I should have stayed home. <laughs> um, like I was like, man, it, I really was,
1: it was too outgoing.
0: It was like it was like I should have either planned this and like been in charge, you know, or oh, okay, or or just like not not have any input at all really one of those two things. But I okay. had but I was stuck in between both, you know, it was like it was kind of a spur of the moment, things are opening back up. We should go do things. I mean it was fun overall. We still had fun, but it was a lot of hiccups and a lot of things in the way, which I mean that's just crazy. It is crazy to think when you like it's just I don't know. I feel like uh you don't wanna you don't wanna take your you don't want to just think about me, me, me and my family only, you know, but because especially when you're there with other people, but you also have to think like that. So it's a weird place to be in. Um, so, yeah, really, probably the most, one of the more adulty things I had to do this year. Uh, I know I see it in movies all the time, and, friends and blah, 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 all these guys do the everything. Um, and it's just funny. Like, it was just like, yeah, this was a uh, more of a mess. Don't get me wrong, we all had fun, but it was like a lot more of a mess also. So <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I both can't and cannot imagine.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's, very similar to like if you were going out with your a big group of friends or something, or not big, but like get a group of friends to vacation or whatever. But just now you have to add the kids, add all the other things. You have to please a lot of people, be patient. You know, parenting styles are different. It's just, it's crazy. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. No, I guess that makes, that makes sense. I just, it's one of those things you never think about unless you're in it.
0: Yeah, right. Um, That's very much what happened. Yeah. Right. So Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. So I don't know what to write for that one. I'll put vacation vacation parents maybe i on want that one I'm trying to think of quippy titles short titles for these numbers um all right so that's your number nine my number nine um again another consumable i am alone a lot here guys so everything's gonna be consumable by mainstream okay. um no, fine. and uh, my number nine is a oh it was way earlier in the year i mean it was almost too early but i did it in january it is um in 2021, obviously. Uh, it is on Xbox, but now they re-released it for the PS5 or the for PlayStation. I mean, mm-hmm. it is Alan Wake. Uh, I finally got to play Alan Wake. Now this is this game. Uh, I really wanted to play purely on the strength of my love for Control, which is uh, a game that made uh. I mean, what if we did top 10 games of that year, I would have made my top number one for sure, things like that. Um, I was obsessed with that game. And in that game, there's connections to, because it's made by the same makers or some of the same writers, as Alan Wake, which is an older game about, what, seven years old, roughly, and uh, maybe more. And it came out in the Xbox and they've, uh, it was, and then my um, our friend, uh, my co- uh, part-time host of the show, Luke, uh, at the time gave me, or let me borrow, his Xbox which one one xbox one the one before the latest one and um because he had the latest one and he wasn't using the older one so he uh he let me borrow that and i made an account and it was on there and i got to play it now um and i really liked it i really thought it was unique and a unique in its uh you know in its way of doing things Uh unique in its horror i really like that you and i would say that the one really bad thing is the writing. It feels very much like it came out seven to ten years ago. It feels like those games from back then. It feels like present Evil level of uh, bad dialogue, um, which is sad because um, you know in the in the in the game you play Alan Wake, who is a I don't want to say Stephen King esque writer, but more like a you know Dean Koontz level yeah. writer yeah, yeah. Um, who writes a lot of mysteries and horrors and stuff, and is a little more than a little famous. And he goes to his sleepy time with his wife and things go batshit. And it goes meta because something he wrote or is going to write or is Ah. about to write is haunting him. And these uh, creatures come out from the darkness and darkness literally becomes your enemy. And um, and how the darkness and how your flashlight is more important than your gun, things like that. Um, It's prominent in the film and now in the film, in the in the game. In yeah. the story. And there's uh, obviously some conspiracy and there's people involved and all this stuff, and people are take over being taken over as creatures. And it is actually kind of horrifying. Some some of that stuff for real got my blood going as far as like, Jesus, I gotta run now. I I can't fight, you know, I can't do this or or like, you know, sometimes you have to run or fight, you don't never know. Um, so many other things like that. And uh, with was one situation after another. It is um it is a little schlocky. It is for sure yeah. schlocky. If it's know, like it takes, a '90s movie for sure. You
0: know, you know, Control takes place in the same universe as Alan Wake.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why that's how I know about Alan Wake okay, because there's a there's a uh, downloadable content that I got for Control that's uh-huh. all about the Alan Wake days, where like one of the one of the remaining, let's say, villains from Alan Wake that was kidnapped or I guess uh, captured sure. by the people in Control. At yeah. it in the Barry building that I was playing Control in, so like, and I had to deal with him, so like, and you, and along the way you get a lot of these um, testimonials from Alan Wake himself about this creature and stuff, and it's really cool. Um, but I got it's almost like I got the I got the Easter egg before I played what the Easter egg came from.
0: Yeah, that's first. funny. Yeah, you <laughs> did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's funny because um, Alan Wake was a game I always wanted to play, um, but I never. I technically own the console, but I never. When it came out, I just never. I never actually bought an Xbox console. I've always been handed one.
1: I've never <laughs> bought one either. Yeah. One.
0: It's just so funny. Um, so it's just like, yeah, I just never bought it. And I was like, oh, I'll play it eventually. And then eventually it's two generations later. It's like that but,
1: TikTok yeah. I sent you. Remember? Um, what is it? Uh, Xbox is you know, for people who have friends. PC yeah. for people who have rich friends. And uh-huh. PlayStation for uh, people who are alone. Yeah, very <laughs> and I've much have always very had much much PlayStation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Um, I think it's a, a really cool, and I love the setting of it, like the whole idea of the sleepy town, the Northwest uh, America sure. uh, bit, and I love the how meta it is. Really, the 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 power of writing and creating worlds, and how that literally is a haunting thing, a supernatural thing that can that can glom onto you. It's kind of a very cool idea. It has Wes Craven's New Nightmare written all over it, um, or a feel to it. So yeah, I really dug it. I mean, yeah, it's bad, but you you take it into account of the year it came out. You know, that's how I did it. Not a big deal. If it came out today with that bad writing, I would definitely not be praising it because they should know better. But yeah, it's different, different time. Um. So yeah, Alan Wake, my number nine. Your number eight, Ruff.
0: My number eight is a uh, another sticking with experiences that have happened. Um, it's something actually I I took into the doing. Um, which is weird because you don't really do this that often you don't need to because you finalize the system but for me it's um, and I, it's funny because in 2020 I had a, I had a pc building simulator right yes uh, pc building simulator kind of sparks in the in me um, because in the beginning of January at the beginning of the year early in the year I decided to take uh, on cable management for my pc um, which is uh, it doesn't sound like it's 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 essentially like cleaning up your PC, making it look nice from the front and the back. So making, okay. you know, like all those cables, everything that gets in the way, just very similar how you, everything gets connected, everything has to be connected. But mm-hmm. there's a way to make it look like it's nice and tucked away and put away and mm-hmm. look like it's uh, professionally done. I took, I don't know, I think a weekend or something, to literally bought everything, bought a bunch of things, everything that I was told, went and to change my PC to looking like it just was connected yes everything mm-hmm. works and literally it's all aesthetic reasons but to do it to see if I can do it to see how like it's was one of like more calming and relaxing things to do uh, frustrating at the same time but it was also like uh, I almost like for somebody who has a who well, at the time had their PC like I knew I wasn't doing anything to my PC anytime soon so like I felt comfortable doing everything because it's like kinda like finalizing your PC. Um, okay. Because like let's say you were to upgrade something, you have to disconnect everything, then not everything's gonna fit properly, then you have to readjust it. so you're messing up the cable management. Um, so doing this is like saying you wanna finalize it or mainly finalize it. And I, I felt great about it. I felt it's like one of my one of my favorite things to do this this year, it was here. Um, it's just so time consuming. Like I can see why you you know you never appreciate when someone go to a store you buy a pc and they're like oh hey we'll put it together for you for like 250 dollars you're like fuck you like i could do that myself like why would i pay 250 dollars you know and it's and serious and you're like well you know but we're gonna make it look nice and professional you're like okay and if they do work like that i mean that's just time you're putting a lot of time into it you know that's what it requires it's a tedious amount of work to move around all these cables do all these things and especially as a, a first timer um although i did it many times game, technically, in a weird way, but like, Uh it just makes it, it's something literally just meant for me to do something in the background, but it's like highly encouraging for people who do have their own PC and rigs, and I know a lot of people do who, especially this last couple years, who got into PC parts because I can't find any, so people are buying them. Somebody has them. Um, (laughs)
1: Somebody's stockpiling.
0: (laughs) Somebody's stockpiling, right. (laughs) It's It's a cool thing to do to make you feel like you're even more, like, not connected to your PC, but like you know, you had everything to do with your PC. It's not like somebody, you could, you could you buy one and it already looks like that, and you're like, oh, that looks great. But that doesn't have like no, like you don't feel like you've actually done everything for your PC. You know what I'm saying? It's in a weird way. It's like your baby when you put everything together. You know, it runs because of you. Everything was put together because of you. Um, so you know how everything works. When something does fail, you know where to fix those things. And it's really cool to do that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's
1: yeah. one of my experiences. Nice. Okay, so what would I call this one? PC building?
0: Uh, Cable building.
1: Cable building. Okay, I'll call it that. Cable um, added. It is a nice... Uh, I wonder what the next year ones would be because last year was the PC simulator and now you're yeah. the cable building. I wonder what the next one would be. Um, All right, cool. I wonder if... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is like a hobby then, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, So that's your number eight, uh, Cable Building. Everyone check that out. If you're not already in it, then you know what it is. Um, Okay. My number eight is a movie that I've already talked about on the show um, in one of my recent discoveries. I wanted to highlight it yet again, or highlight it more prominently here. It made my number eight. It is a movie called I Know Who Killed Me. And I don't know if you remember me talking about it, Ralph, but this movie came out in 2007, thereabouts, and it stars—I um, don't have the info. Stars that girl with the face, you know. Anyway, this is uh, basically actually. You know, I, I just I'm looking at my list now, and I'm lo- noticing that my bottom five, my ten mm-hmm. to six, are all like horror-related or horror adjacent or something, or mm-hmm. horror movies in general. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, uh, this movie—I know who killed me. it Stars Lindsay Lohan, um, Julie Orman, Neil McDonough, so on and so on. It's. Um, Made and written by filmmakers you've probably never heard of. But the point is, is that this movie is um a really excellent well uh well made, well told story of this girl who who is um <clears throat> who gets uh kidnapped or abducted, I guess, by the serial killer, um and gets tortured and to the point where like um I think her I don't remember if it was her right or her left side, but let's just say, for the sake of the conversation, her right arm and her right leg gets amputated. You know, by this guy who's like weird and obsessed and serial killer like. And um, but she somehow escapes and gets found. And when interviewed in the hospital and so on, and her parents are like, you know, happy and sad that they found her, but they found her like this. Is that she doesn't know who she is? She thinks she's a completely different person. And throughout the whole thing, you get sometimes some flashbacks, recent flashbacks of like, of this girl's life, Lindsay Lohan's character's life before she got kidnapped and so on. And like what she was up to and what this girl, this new version, let's say, uh, who says she's someone else tells a different upbringing entirely where she's like, um, a strip, uh, a stripper, I guess stripper, strip dancer, strip teaser, whatever, uh, a stripper and um, has like a, definitely of an uglier kind of like a seedier lifestyle when okay. she was uh, found this way and like has no recollection of this other person. They say she is, even though they both look exactly alike. They're both Lindsay Lohan, at least um, that's what everyone says. And the mystery of finding what's going on with that mixed with the idea that, um, the nicer Lindsay Lohan, let's say the one that got the one that was in college and not stripping, um, <clears throat> who was also kidnapped again by the serial killer. Um, she was, she's a writer and writes these horror and thriller stories. And it becomes like this thing of like unraveling this bizarre mystery. And you think that it might be too hard or too long winded to explain, but surprisingly, the film does it really well and succinct. It just goes with it. And it has this really cool style. You're going to fall in, c- in love with the color blue because blue is very prominent in this movie. Um, but yeah, I really dug it. It was, a, it was my big surprise hit considering that it made no money and it has no nor- notoriety and it has a very, very low score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, for example, and other places. But I don't know why. It is a, a sleeper hit hit for me it is my most uh, this my, the movie that surprised me the most. That was the most successful when you when you well, again when you come into it thinking that's going to be bad or mediocre or even like maybe you think it's good. Like, I mean I heard it was good by this one source and based on that I saw it. But like again, everyone else says it's bad. So,
0: yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: don't don't be fooled. This is a good movie. I want to put it on I put it on this list because I also want people to find it for themselves and, and and watch it and discover it. Um I already said too much honestly. I went in there knowing nothing, so maybe that's better but I didn't spoil anything. And um nothing major anyways, just that's the pot. Um so anyway, check it out. Lindsay Lohan's really good in the movie. You know, she's good in some movies. She was good <laughs> in many movies. Um just yep, not yep, lately yep. and there was a lot of bad ones. and people remember the bad ones, but I think uh, this is one of her good ones. So yeah, check it out. I don't know where you can find it. I had to rent it on um, iTunes okay. for like I don't know, ten bucks or not even. I don't remember. And so that's the way to do it now, as far as I know. So check it out. I had some movie called "I Know Who Killed Me," and that's my number eight. Your number seven.
0: My number seven is something that I got into. Um, it's weird because I didn't really consider it beforehand. Before, besides just like, oh, I want to try new things, and I didn't actually seek anything until this year. That came up, um, was uh, b- uh, bourbon buying. Uh, I don't really collect because I like to taste all my shit. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a collector yet. Uh, but I am, I mean, you have to
1: have a lot, right? So you'd have to not,
0: right? Collecting wise, i have to not, I guess, I'd buy it to not drink it or drink it on special occasions or just to have it and show it off. I'm not there, and I don't think I'll be there anytime soon. Um, but I have been... Getting into the fact that, like, I want to try new bourbons and actually physically like, going. Oh, I know there's a limited release out. I'm going to go get the limited release of this bourbon, kind of thing. Um, not yeah. just, not just your run of the mill. Like, I walk into the store and I go, I haven't tried this one. I'm going to buy this one, kind of shit. You know, um, looking at videos, getting into, getting into, you know, um, seeing what's right, seeing what's good, and uh, it's an. It's <laughs> Not as expensive as you think it is. You, it can be, um, and I know people, many people. I'm um, very much my my toe or my foot is in the water in to some of these people submerged scuba diving and shit, you know. Um, but our money wise, it's. Um, I thought it would be more expensive. Um, it can be very expensive depending on what you're looking for, but you can keep it toned down and still have an enjoyable process, especially for just trying rarer. Um, you find them. You can still find them. You know what's uh, or what's more limited, or what's more um, uh, good for the quality or bang for your buck. Kind of. That's what I went. With. I went more of like I'm learning how to. What's good? What's what's what to stay away from and stuff like that. And besides just spending reviews, and you also have to make your own. You know, input. You can't just take taste of somebody else's taste buds and say that's the best one. You know. And then you try it and you're like, it's trash, but you're going to lie to everybody else, you know? No, like, <laughs> it's not that either. It's more like, uh, you know, you still try it out. You still have to know your own things. And I know I, know I like some stuff that other people probably don't um, as much. And same with others that are like, oh, this is a really good one. I'm like, yeah, that's good. It's not as good as I thought it would be or for what it's the prices. Um, it's an interesting thing to get into. It's really, I mean, it's a spending happy hobby, uh, hobby. You're spending a lot of money. It really is just <laughs> illiquid. And really, in liquid, and it's funny because like it's one of those weird hobbies where you wanna, like, you wanna get other people in on it, but at the same time, it's like you know if you spend a lot of money on something, you're like, well, I'll have you try it, but you, like I'm never I have you like drink with me the rest of the night. Right. It's weird, like you don't wanna, you do and you don't. You don't wanna have people like, you know, drink everything you have because you still want it for yourself. But it's like it's a weird mix, so um yeah at the same time i you know still enjoy i enjoy that family,
1: family yeah you know time. uh yeah i noticed that about you this especially this 2021 yeah you've been really heavy into that every time i come over you're like here i like, oh, th- thank you i'm <laughs> like i'm not really familiar with this so much uh, as you are you're like very pro on it um and the way you talk about it also looks like it seems like you know what you're talking about i have no idea i'm not into this kind yeah. of thing
0: and it's funny because like i'm not into that whole like Oh, this has vanilla extract. Bullshit, in it like Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not there. My palate's not there at all. I just don't know if it tastes good or if it doesn't. (laughs) Like uh, it's you know, or to those levels. But I also it's it's funny because I you know I have been trying to be as diligent as I can. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is something that I think it's uh, uh it's an interesting hobby to have. I don't by all means I'm not an alcoholic at all. It's just I drink on occasion. I drink on my weekends and barely. Uh, or when I go out and, to have fun with friends, but really not mm-hmm. that much. Right, it's, right. Just, it's just something that uh, it's nice to enjoy and have when you can have it. It's really pleasurable.
1: Wow, you really, really going for the life stuff in this list so far. Damn. Yeah, I told Damn. you it's half and half. No, it's just crazy. It's just, and you're hearing it's different from you know knowing it. Um, interesting. Yeah, I think on uh, on uh, to to swing to. Um, on what you're saying. I think that if I was ever to get into because there's um you know with alcohol with liquor, you know, with liquor, I guess hard liquor or whatever they call it. Um uh I'm not as familiar. I'm also not as tolerable to drink it. I mean I'm me wrong. I drink probably more than you do. I drink almost every day. So that's already yep. way more that's than that's
0: significantly know. more than
1: yeah. right. I mean I have a right now I have a drink here.
0: I've I have a drink now because it's my weekend. But right
1: but you know I'm saying this is uh just the Thursday for me. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so that's, um, so I drink more, but like, I know, I, I, and I know things, I know some things, but I usually mixes and stuff. And <clears throat> the one thing that I would do, cause I'm not like bourbon and I like all that stuff. I like bourbon. I don't like rice so much, but I like uh, most whiskeys and things like that. Um, I would say that the one I would get into the one liquor I probably would get into the pot, the, the highest possible one is tequila because tequila is the one drink that I can literally taste. And it doesn't bother me like the way it does others for as bourbon, like really affects, not affects me like that, but it, I really feel it. And it doesn't make me want to immediately go for another one. Um, the way tequila does. And I'm not saying in an alcoholic way, I'm sure. just saying in a tolerant way, like I can tolerate it more. Um, as, I mean as far as straight up non mixed drinks. but uh that's cool it's cool
0: yeah i just recently end of the year I started getting more into tequila as well I have tequila bourbon a lot collecting list um but yeah the uh what's it called um uh, it is one of those uh, tequila is one of those uh what's it called natural like uh it doesn't it doesn't bring you down it actually pipes you up it like gets you more gives you more like a, more like an upper, not a downer. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why you don't feel bad when you drink
1: I don't know. Because I've heard people definitely can't take it or whatever.
0: No, well, they can't uh, take it. They start getting crazy because they don't no, know. How
1: to it. I mean, yeah, that's what happens to me. But I'm saying, like, in a way, they seem to be, like, in a way, like, oh, it's kind of hard to drink it. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, all right. So that's your number. What is it? Eight? Seven. 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 Right. Number seven. Uh, I'll call it bourbon collecting or something. Yes, your number seven. My number seven is uh, two video games, uh, obviously part of the same saga. They're sequels, I guess, to each other. Um, Video games that I've uh, discovered and uh, played all throughout. It's called uh, Little Nightmares 1 and 2. Little Nightmares, which I know you've known of, right? Have you played them?
0: Never played them
1: you're seeing gameplay roughly well, you know what they're about I, right like you know what they're
0: i i think i know what they're about uh okay about i, I it, thought
1: I'm you listening.
0: knew more no no um, no. i might because I, I i may be getting confused with something else go ahead
1: yeah i yeah, know it's fine uh so yeah little nightmares is uh, a game that i discovered on uh i think on tick yeah on tiktok and youtube like uh, people were playing it and showing it and i thought it looked really cool and it looked like really horrifying, you know, or certain parts of it horrifying. And I wanted to try it out. And not knowing anything about the plot, it's completely uh no dialogue. It's all mood and atmosphere. And um, they're both uh both uh both games are um technically part two is a prequel to part one. Um that's not a spoiler. Um at least I don't feel like it is. But uh it's but these uh these these games tell a wonderful story by just showing and not saying anything. Um, that's one thing. And the game is technically, both of the games are technically side-scrolling um, games. Yep. Like there isn't a lot of dynamic into, like you can't move the camera around, for example, in a 3D space like that. But it is um, it is also a puzzle, kind of like a puzzle. You have to constantly escape and find the thing you need to do to get onto this ledge, to get out of the window, to, you know, things like that. Or to defeat the bad guy, you have to, like, to defeat this guy that's after you is hunting you and uh you you have to find the shotgun and pull the trigger at the right time but at the same time you're this little person you're a little kid in both games and as this little kid you can obviously fit into places no one else can fit but you're also very weak and uh-huh. all this stuff and you have to play with that and there's a lot of supernatural activities too uh the whole story it's hard to describe it but the whole story is essentially that this world is done fucked up like i don't know what's going on i don't know how much of this is like from um it seems like a very bleak future, like a post apocalyptic future in a weird way, where everything is severely fucked up. And all of the adults that manage to survive are like monsters in different ways with different obsessions and different sensibilities. And when you come across them, all they want to do is imprison you, train you, or kill you, or eat you, or something.
0: That's not and freaky at all.
1: It is very freaky. There's a lot of very freaky, like art. The art in the movie and the game, sorry. The art in the games is very like creepy and fucking suspenseful the whole time, every time, even when there's nothing's going on. Sometimes you're like, I know something's going to happen and nothing happens, but you, you know, sit there for minutes thinking that something's about to happen. Like it really freaks you out the whole time. It has that uh, gone home kind of feel for it, you know? uh that suspense kind of feel, uh, yeah, and it's uh yeah, you're this little person, you just have to figure out your way out of this world, you're just trying to get escape, you're just trying to get out, you're just trying to find food, you're just trying to like, get the fuck out, and um and there's a story that involves a course, and there's a big bad and everything, and supernatural stuff does happen to you, and you have to figure that out, and it's a very interesting, cool story, a very cool story, I really liked it, um, so yeah. Little Nightmares one and two. I played it on the PS5, uh-huh. but it is available on the Switch as well. I don't know about the Xbox, but I think PC as well too. So check it out, guys. That's my number seven. Cool. Your number six.
0: My number six is uh, my last event thing. Is um, it's a weird one because in a weird way of cheating, but I'm gonna loophole it. Um, and it's um my son's first communion. He had a first first communion, so technically it's. Not my experience, but it is my. Exp- is that my first communion? I've been to many first communion things, right, right. But it's my first time having to deal with the side of, I guess, having to get him, um, uh, religiously ready. Um, getting mm-hmm. him. You know, it's funny because, like, I don't remember doing that as a kid. I don't. That's something that I did so young as a, a young age as well. That I don't remember me doing that. I don't remember me doing any of that. I know I got it eventually, and I know I can't it technically right now from whatever circumstances um, but I just know that like I remember it was a big deal and I know you're supposed to have a party and all these other jazz and mm-hmm. it's funny because like it's one of the, I feels like it's one of those really big uh, deals in Mexican traditions um, uh, yeah and uh, it's really like a milestone and it's not like I was rushing on the school offered and because uh, he goes to Catholic school and the school offered about hey, it's, um, he's of the youngest age he can go if he's studying it. Um, if you feel he's comfortable or if he feels he's, he's comfortable, the religious teacher says he is. You're more than welcome to do that. You're more than welcome to hold back. In the end, we want them to be, you know, still the ones who want to do this. It was a weird, it was an interesting experience. Not weird, but it was weird in, like, the weird way of, like, this is very adult thing for me to do and have to do. And it's almost I have to do it by myself because my wife's not Catholic he's just like i'll be over here um, compared to me you know who i am and i have to help him help my son with his journey um and it's interesting to go through that aspect and uh you know it's uh that it was it overall was very nice and everything how it went and obviously he went through it or else i wouldn't be talking about it um and it's uh, interesting to see where like his thought process is of what he, what it is and explaining to him what it really is and having to explain what he's taking in metaphorically um, because trying to tell him that like, you're taking the body of Christ and he was like I'm eating somebody's body and I was like yes but no uh-huh. like <laughs> I'm like no yes you are it is symbolic that It is his body, but it's not actually his body, and he's just looking at me like, Sure, why have you say that? Like, I'm like, I need you to understand this because this is important, you know, and getting into it. And it was him and stuff, it was interesting, it was an interesting thing overall. Um, and he got it, and you know, and it's a big, big milestone for my son to uh show his growth and where he was, um, doing this during this time, uh, because you know, like you always think of your kid and you always see him as like baby or having to help him and you know, like, Oh, you don't know this. You don't know that kind of things throughout the, throughout the year, throughout the time. But it's funny. Uh, they know more, you know, they, they understand more than you give, you give them, if you give them the option to show you, it's interesting. Right. Um, so yeah, my number six is, uh, my son's first communion. All right.
1: Um, I feel like that's happened before, right? You, you, something of your son's like, um, something made your list once, right? It wasn't obviously, maybe it was religious. I don't know. Was it baptism? I don't think so. Was it?
0: No, I don't think it was baptism. No. It was something, That's though. It was something. something else was made, yeah. I'm that trying to remember.
1: It's kind of feels the same. So, I see number six, uh, Leo's, um, well, I don't want to say first, because it's the only baptism, Leo's baptism. <laughs> and it's no. really. Oh, confirmation? Yeah. Uh, communion. Communion. Sorry, my bad. I already had to Leo's my first head. communion, yeah. Leo's first communion, right. Um, All right. So my number six, the last of my, I guess we both had little, little uh, trends or categories or whatever, um, genres for our six, our 10 to six. But my last of the horror, technically horror stuff, is a game. My number six is a game uh, exclusive on the PlayStation. It's called The Last of Us Part Two. Made my list here. It is, uh, I. No, No spoilers. No, I'm not gonna spoil it. Only because, um, I mean, it's two years old. I mean, I could have played it that year it came out, but I didn't. There's always a backlog, and I always, I'm, I'm always patient about games. I'm like, I can always play it later. Um, not a big deal. Uh, whereas movies, I'm like, Jesus, I want that now. You know, um, sure, yep. whatever. But the Last of Us Part Two is a very much long anticipated sequel to the very successful first one. And uh, it follows uh, the life of, uh, um, what's her name, Ellie? And, um, and technically someone else, too. I've her name already. Because uh, I played this, like, in the summer. But um, it is a, a very entertaining game, while it is also stunningly beautiful, while it is kind of horrifying, while it is also very sad and full of regret, full of remorse, full of, um, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those games that kind of shows you just like the first one was in a different way, but the same. Um, how, um, how games can really put you into the shoes of a character the way that is maybe harder for a film or TV show to do, or even a book. Yeah. Um, you know, you have actions, and and while you know, I'm not saying that you're not. It's not exactly like an open world kind of game either. It's very much on a on a rail. You're following a trajectory the whole time, um, but it makes you really feel for the for both sides of an argument. Oh no, no, that's not right. Both sides of a conflict that uh, where both characters um, have valid points of view. And I was very like skeptical when I first started playing the game because I knew what it was doing right away. I would say that this game is not very subtle. Like it's very obvious what it's doing almost right away. Like the first hour, I kind of figured it out. Like I figured out where this whole thing was going to go. I didn't know how to what to to what extent. Sure. I really didn't know when I finished half the game that I was halfway through. I thought I was more than halfway through, for example. Mm -hmm. But it was a pleasant surprise when I found out that this is literally a half half kind of thing story told in two perspectives at the same time. And, um, it is a kind of a cool, very cool journey about revenge and all these things going on, um, regarding the death of a main character. And it is, uh, it is really cool. It has a lot of emotion to it that few, if ever games have, very few games have this kind of level of emotion yeah. attached to their to the very mechanics of the game and the storytelling and I really liked it. And, um, yeah. and obviously the horrifying stuff is obviously not just as, uh, you know, there's always more, you know, the clickers can be horrifying, but the humans are always more kind of like the walking dead, kind of the same thing. Uh, humans are always more dangerous than, the than, the than the creatures that you're fighting. Anyway, I really fell for it. And obviously the, uh, the performances in the, in the game, obviously the mocap stuff going on is very, very good. And, um, I saw some really true emotions and I really love how it ended. It doesn't end like, it doesn't end with like, a. it's not about happiness at the end. It's about ending it, you know, and whatever sure. that comes across is going to be painful. And it's going to be, is going to be some lasting marks on you as far as like what you come out with. But even if, even if you do end up feeling at peace with yourself, you're not going to know what you're going to end up with really. So yeah, it's a very good movie. Uh, a very good game that feels like a movie. So there you go. That's The Last of Us, part two. I really enjoyed it. Um, that's my number six. Now we're on to our number fives.
0: Number fives. Yeah, that's a great pick. I haven't played it yet. That's uh, the game that came out right before my console started crashing. But I got a PS5, so I have no excuses. Though. Anyways.
1: I should really return your copy then.
0: Uh, it's not my copy? It's a borrowed copy, but you should return it, regardless. Um, My number five? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, I forgot where we were. My number five is now officially, we are into shows and movies and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Stuff that I've consumed. Um, And this is a movie, this is a movie that we saw that we talked about. Actually, we did a review about it. Um, And uh, it's probably my... A, it's a hard movie for me to even like i'm not gonna watch this movie ever again i'll tell you that right away okay um <laughs> and it's um it's a hard movie to recommend but it's a movie that i would actually tell somebody to watch to know what what has happened and what you know happened in, in areas that's um four months three weeks and two days oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah you don't say
0: i have no reason to watch this movie again i don't need to watch this movie again um i've mm-hmm. seen it already you know um but it is one of those movies that I feel like it's a movie that you do explain to somebody and you tell them about like, well, this is what was going on in the 90s, I think, right? Um,
1: uh, yeah, 90s, 80s.
0: Yeah, 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. of yeah. Uh, in, a, in a country that no one cares about, but obviously people do, um, and you can't just, you know, shy away from it. Um, you know, the, the fucking traumatic experience of what a woman has to go through, just how women are treated also in Turkey. It's Turkey, right? Am I correct?
1: No, um, it's not Turkey. It's um, Romania.
0: Romania, my apologize. I thought it was Turkey. Um, in Romania, but it's like so, such a man. Um, it's like so shitty to see um, a, a, a story like that, that was, that felt like, that feels like something that should have been in like the fifties, you know, or like earlier than that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't feel like something that would be something so recent when like the show Seinfeld and friends are going on, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like the weirdest thing for me to concept, to grasp that concept. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, a shitty, shitty thing, but it's very like much needed to be said, you know, um, yeah. one of those movies. So it's like, but it is one of those movies They were like I've, Literally no need to at least anytime soon to watch the movie again. Um, but uh I do recommend it for most people. we talked about it during the review. I wish I was more um, ready and tell you what episode that is. But you can always look that up. Uh you can always look that yeah. up on our website.
1: Yeah, it was one of my picks for the toxic marathon. Correct, correct. It was uh toxic, probably systems. I think it was like governmental systems. So I was talking about that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm glad it hit you. I mean, I'm not glad that this very sad movie hit you, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm glad it spoke to you.
0: I know what you yeah. And that that is very much so. It is one of those movies where it just speak to me where I'm pretty sure I brought it up at least three times this year at one point. Two people oh, yeah? that mm-hmm. I speak to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like do you even know? Like <laughs> random mm-hmm. shit. Right. And it's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> people just talk to you like that's just, that's that's disturbing. And you're like, Yeah. Yeah, but that's how it is in countries you don't even know. But no one cares because we're Americans. Whatever. Anyways, um, highly uh, recommend this. Movie.
1: Yeah, that's uh, four months, three weeks, and two days. Uh, I don't know where it's at, but I I, I bought the I bought the movie a long time ago. Um, <clears throat> um, that's your number five. My number five is a <laughs> the weird thing. It is technically a TV show, but it's on YouTube. Exclusively on YouTube, um, as far as I know. I mean, I think it is, it did come out in some local channel in New York. It is called The Show About the Show, which uh, I know I've talked about with you before. Have you seen this? I've
0: seen the first episode.
1: Okay. Yeah. This is is one of those shows that gets better every time you watch it. Like every episode, the next one, it just keeps compounding on itself, keeps building, keeps building. Like it's, Um, It is a show that I technically not caught up on. I'm a few episodes behind, like, but I did see the gigantic bolt. Like, I saw almost all of it. Basically, I saw like a grand majority. And um, they're very interesting. It's an interesting show. I'm going to describe it to you guys because it is a unique show that really cannot exist outside of itself. um, Because it's so hard, really, to make this. You can never copy the situation, first of all. Every every one of these shows would if they if everyone did it once a year, different people, it would be wildly different from each other. Uh, but this is the first of its kind, so to speak. So it is for me very like high place, you know. So um, the show is about the, the show about the show is about this guy who is a filmmaker, a local New York filmmaker, teacher guy. He doesn't like he's not like a big prominent guy. But um, he, he makes stuff for a local TV channel in the Bronx. I forgot the name of it. Mm. And um, he pitches this idea to, sh- to do literally what the show, a show about making the show. And yeah. the first episode. <laughs> so trippy. <laughs> the, yeah, it's very, very hard to describe <laughs> and very trippy. Well,
0: I can Especially, only imagine the next one.
1: No, no, I can't. Oh, yeah. You have no idea where it gets. To I you
0: have,
1: you have no idea. It's poor wife. Anyway. Um, the show, so in the first episode, is that he is pitching the idea for the show you're watching to his producer, to his boss, um, about the show, about doing the show that you're watching. So clearly it's being made. And in the conversation, you're getting these discussions of like, would you like to play yourself or, you know, things like that? I'm like, and like, okay, very, okay, weird, kind of a quirky idea. It seems like Charlie Kaufman. Okay, fine. Um and then, until you see the next episode, where the next episode, like the following episode of every episode roughly is uh, the it's about making the previous episode, yeah, so like part episode two is about the making of the first one, including like decisions to do this, decisions to do that. Why they cast this or what's going on with this? Why are people like somehow, somewhat uh, hard to convince to do it or whatever? And then the next episode, guess what? It's about making of the second episode <laughs> and so on. It's, it just goes on and on. And you would think that that's impossible. How is that possible? It is very much possible. And the way to do it, apparently, I is to,
0: to be the writer for this. fucking
1: special. Well, it, it's almost no writing. I don't even know how they do it. I don't even think... It's I mean, it has
0: got to be a storyboard and then you just got to like... I don't know. I don't
1: know because you're watching the whole process of him making the show. It's, just, it's not that dynamic. It's not that intricate, actually. I mean, you, we see this guy so who gets weird, high a lot. By the way, who That's gets the, high. He gets high a lot. He
0: has wait, one kid. The, he has is a is wife. is that the first episode Or he's like, okay, I got high. I did this.
1: For example, like this is one... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this. I'm just, everyone sit down. I'm going to talk about it. Um, there's this is one episode I think in, in the early on early goings in the first season where like he is making a short film or he's talking about making a short film that he had made already with some college students because he's a teacher in film and in the, in the film they are smoking weed and snorting cocaine in a bathroom at one time. And the cocaine is real. And one of the actors it's not really an actor, but he's in there. The dealer is, yeah. uh, Asks him, like, hey, who's going to pay for the cocaine? <laughs> Shit like that. I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? And um, he's like, I don't have that kind of money. Whatever. It's a funny bit. But then he puts that into the show, which negates, like, that's a, that's a law breaking. You can't have, just like you can't have real booze, real cigarettes. Like right. when you're making a, you can't have real cocaine. What are you talking about? You know, and that's all supposed to be movie fake. But he admits to it because to him, he, he it, it would be dishonest to not say what happened because that's what happened. And that's the point of the show. It's about the show. So he has to admit that he did all this. And at some point later on, like in the next episode or so, he gets called into this meeting, this like ethics meeting with the Bronx company. Mm-hmm. And they ask him, like, were you using real cocaine and stuff? Like, because you admitted it on this episode, I'm like, yeah. And then it, it's like this weird conversation. You don't know where it's going. You're laughing the whole time because it's ridiculous. And you're watching it. And he ends his whole meeting by like, so um, who do you, do you guys want to play yourselves? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you can't have this on the show. I'm like, I have to have it on the show because I'm here. Wherever I'm going is the making of the show is going to put, is going to be on the show. And so we like, uh she's like, and they're like, uh, we're gonna end this meeting now. And she, <laughs> ended up hiring actors for them. But he recopied that entire meeting because we know, because I saw the episode. You know, it's like one thing after another, it just keeps going and compounding itself. And it's a really strange idea that can only work if you genuinely care about the material and nothing else. Because he derails his wife. <laughs> he derails his, I guess, his kid in the, by osmosis uh, as well as by association. Where like the wife and him have uh, these complications throughout the movie, and she keeps begging him to stop. At some point, like season two, begging him to like stop putting what I say on the show. Like she finally learns her lesson after so many incidents, and he is constantly like saying every single truthful thing he had comes through his head from cheating on her to like divorcing her and he puts it on the show for her to watch and it's very very destructive and yeah. you can't help but like just keep watching this train wreck that like it's like a, a snake eating its own tail and it's uh kind of a kind of a great experience actually. I mean watching this guy derail his life in such an entertaining way. Um yeah I recommend it. I highly <laughs> I don't know how you not watch this. It's really intense, but like, I mean, not intense like that, but it's, in, it's a fun time. So check it out, guys, if you can. I, I just, I just blitz through most of it in one sitting or two sittings, um, except for the last few, like I said. Um, so that's the show about the show. Just look that up. Just look the show the, about the show. I don't remember any makers or anything like yeah, that. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, just look that up on YouTube and you'll find it. Um, that is my number five. It's a hell of a trip. Right. number four. That's funny.
0: That's funny. I I mean, I don't know. It was one of those I got I was about to get into it, but I was I was with a group of people watching it and I just never got back to it. It is definitely one of those like fucking trippy shows. Um yeah. Anyways, my number four.
1: Uh yeah.
0: My number four is uh the movie that started all of this, uh not all of it, but started the reason that I wanted to watch French movies this year. Then I did for the most part, That I forgot, then I just left that be. But anyways. Um that is a Rendezvous in Paris, or in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, it is is—it's uh, just a comedy romance. It's three stories of love and coincidence around the theme of dates uh, in Paris. That's all it is, right? So it's all stuff in Paris. Uh, three different dates, three different love stories. Um, okay. And its um, it was just an interesting, nice, quirky, romantic movie that was out in the 90s, I want to say. Yeah, 95 um it was like it's a rom-com essentially it's a what's it called uh but french style so getting to see their version of uh rom-com um i've seen many rom-coms in my life um, and it's uh it's it's a it's a pretty good rom-com overall it's no, there's nothing you know especially with the stories how it goes along with it uh reminded me uh a little bit of like a It gave me a little bit like a Four Rooms vibe, but there's because it's the same setting.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Um, So that was that was interesting on that aspect, and it was comedy in certain certain aspects, but nothing over the top uh, like in Four Rooms. Um, But uh, it was just this movie that kind of sparked my interest in why don't I watch more French cinema? And I remember telling Mm -hmm. you earlier in the year, um, Mm -hmm. and it just happened to be like I was literally it was one of those days where I had nothing to do. I'm at home. On my day off, doing nothing at home, nothing to watch. Nothing is, I've caught up with all my shows. I've caught up with, there's no new movies that are out right now because it's January or whatever. You know, there's like literally, you know, I don't want to play games, you know, not right now. I'm saying, I don't want to, like, I don't want to play games. I don't want to do anything. just one of those random, I just want to watch something. And I just literally come across reading synopsis, synopsis, and boom, play it. And then it's like, hey, we have to go out all of a sudden for something. I'm like, ah, I'm watching a movie. And it's just like, I finished it, and I was like, it's a really great movie. It's like one of those random feelings. I'm sure that it happens to you all the time.
1: It does. Uh, I haven't seen this one, though. I have not seen
0: it. Yeah, so it was, it was a good movie, overall. Um, and uh, sparked my interest of uh, getting into more French cinema. So yeah, that's uh, Rendezvous, or yeah, Rendezvous in Paris, in Paris. That's the English version. Right. Um...
1: I'm sure that in the French translation it's like we're gonna meet here, Paris. Um, I have no idea. Um all right, so that's number five, never heard of it. Interesting title. I wanna see it. What year did it come out? you know? Ninety five. Ninety five you said. Okay, Um I think you, you said some other thing. Anyway, um uh, what where did you where you see it? Where is it is it available
0: somewhere? Uh yeah, I saw it it's according to this um IMDB, it's on IMDb plus if you wanna watch it there. Um IMD TV. IMB, IMBD TV. If you want to watch it on there. But I saw it on that one service you have.
1: Movie?
0: Movie, yeah. Nice.
1: Oh. All right. So that's your number five. My number four. That's
0: my number four.
1: That's your number four. My bad. That's your number four. My number oh. four. How are you? You're first. All right. So my number four is a weird, weird pick because it would have made my top 10 tv shows of 2021 but since i discovered the whole show you know up to its current season in 2021 i decided to like in order to save the slot you know i'm saying for another tv show that i could highlight on that one i wanted to put uh, as a discovery here because most of the show i discovered in 2021 not like it came out in 2021 so sure it is called it's from FX. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. Which I know you've heard. Have you seen this yet?
0: No, I haven't seen any of it. I've seen the movie. That's about it.
1: Right, you saw the movie. I'm sure I praised it because I saw it in
0: theaters that year. No, I I saw it in theaters with pretty sure.
1: Oh, you didn't? Okay, I don't I don't remember. But I know it was a big movie for that year for me. Um What We Do in the Shadows is a TV show on FX that's uh available on Hulu also, because Hulu FX, whatever. Um that uh kind of follows the same way so like it's a a look into the daily or rather nightly lives of three vampires who've lived together for over 100 years on Staten Island actually four vampires when when let's not discount gary who is a an energy vampire I mean colin Okay. Gary. um and this uh, this this game uh, this uh this show starts um matt berry who is <laughs> who is probably my favorite character, give or take uh, right next to Nadja, who is uh, played by my, Natasha Demetrio, Kavian Novak, Harvey Guillen, Mark Prosh, Prosh? Uh Kristen Shaw's in this. A lot of people are in it. A lot of like comedian actors um, are in it that you've seen over the years. If you watch a lot of com- comedy on TV or in general, know about that stuff. Um, and the comedy is that uh, the, the, the show, how it works is that basically we follow the lives of these uh, vampires that are real. Like imagine, Nearly all of vampire lore be a reality, but in modern day. And all of the things you can imagine that a vampire will be out of touch on, especially when they're like 500 years old, 300 years old, or even 50, some of them, um, 100 years old, you know, like how out of touch with reality and the current world that they're in, you know, is both. Very very hilarious situations that they put them in, but also not the point because the point is, is that we are watching a office esque docu series. It's fake, obviously, of yeah. this uh, these vampires living in their home and like there are people following them around with cameras. There are so many interviews and so on, like the like the office, and they become these cameramen who we never re- we rarely ever see. I think we see them one time, maybe one of them. Um, they are a part of the story, you know, like they, they include that into the storytelling and the, and the, and the comedy as far as like what they're able to catch, what they, them, what these vampires and their familiars notice when, the, oh, I just said something really bad. Oh, shit. The camera's on me. God damn it. You know, kind of feel to it, kind of an awareness to the camera, yeah. um, to it at all times. And it's a hilarious fucking show with very distinct performances and personas and stuff like that especially laszlo who is like such a like like it's, such, it's like a sexual deviant lazy man who like you know it just has his own i just i don't know man i guess one of those things you have to watch it i don't want to start describing funny things but it is a really uh hilarious show about mid idiots thinking that they are the most powerful beings on earth and in a way they are but in other ways, they're very much not. Um, and uh, Surprise Sleeper Head was really the result of season two. So, season three is the one that's most current I saw, but season two ends in this, in this, I'm not gonna spoil it, in this uh, thing where like a big secret is discovered by, from about Guillermo, who uh, we found out is close. He is a familiar. He's not a vampire, but he's working with one of the vampires to hopefully be redeemed by being given the the gift of vampirism, you know, but they obviously will never do it. They just want to constantly abuse him and keep him as a servant, you know, and keep dangling that carrot. Um, But season two ends in such a way where like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Season three has has resolves it in this very interesting way where like all these characters are like in very different places and they have a lot more responsibility and some of them don't want it. And it's really funny. And the way that season ends, I can't wait for season four because it was some real resolution going on there, and it gets fucked over by one character, and it's just really fun to watch and it's kind of uh kind of sucks you into this like drama of idiots trying yeah. to live a life that they don't know how to do um so yeah, I really like it It's like a rest of development for vampires, I guess you could say um. It really works. It really works. And these are obviously written, written um, by the same people that did the movie, what we do in the shadows and so on. So uh, I really recommend it. It's on FX or Hulu on FX. So check it out, guys. That is my number, what is that? My number four. You're number three.
0: Nice, nice. I'm glad they kept the same vibe as you are saying. mm mm-hmm. um, My number three... Are we at number three already? Yes, we are. Yes. My number three is a uh, movie that I saw early, early, all the year. And I think it was one of our marathons as well. Um, it's uh, Tokyo Godfathers. Um, I've never seen it before. Obviously, it's a Christmas movie, go figure. And mm-hmm. we saw it around January, I think, um, written and directed by uh, Satoshi Kon. And um, yeah, I'll read the description, which is on Christmas Eve Three Homeless. Um, people living on the streets of Tokyo discover a newborn baby among the trash and set out to find his parents. And it's such a great story. It's definitely going to be one of those movies where I just appreciate watching. Um, what's it called? It's, uh, it's a Christmas movie, man. It's great. It's a great movie to watch. Um, I, I dug the story overall. I dug the characters a lot. Um, I'd seen a little quick snippets and pictures on, on IMDB and it's just making me like kind of relive the moment already. Um, it's really cool, man. It's a really cool story overall. It's one of those um, early two thousand movies that came out that I knew was a big thing. Yeah. It's one of those like just like eluded. Um was back when like anime was uh, wasn't as big as it is now. Specifically, yeah, uh, you know, it's just uh, you had some movies like this that were outliers, you know, and then you had the, your obviously your Miyazaki's and stuff like that that came out, uh, your Paprikas, your stuff like that, you know, that were coming out um yeah. perfect blues you know things of that nature
1: oh and, maybe the same guy by the
0: way <laughs> yeah go for it. right right well minus the stuff, but yes um, which is funny because like it's just it takes somebody with a good uh just a really good director you know um to kind of shine a light on a subject of stuff like this of like anime you know. um and uh to make it popular to make it known it's a really cool story though it's a uh, cool uh what's it called adventure technically story, I guess, um, cause that's mm-hmm. what they are on an adventure. And it's interesting to see cause like no one pays attention to what they're doing because they're homeless and it's crazy. Like when you think about it, um, a lot of things that happen, they're just kind of like doing things and how they get through things and how they, what they influence, who they influence, who sees them, who's not. It's interesting to see in that aspect and learning about their, how they're, home, how they got to be homeless and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really, really cool christmas movie um that i didn't know was a christmas movie until obviously christmas setting uh it's just yeah man. it was one of my one of my favorite movies to watch early on in the year um and i probably watch it again it's probably going to be like a biannual movie for me oh wow nice yeah that's probably one of those type of movies i already saw it technically last year so i'll definitely watch it this year coming up so yeah that's uh tokyo godfathers um, i don't really like spoil stuff and i already did a review earlier well not me but we did a, earlier yes, we did. Yeah. Um, in 2021. So uh, listen to that if you want more
1: information. Yeah. yeah. Awesome pick, man. That's your number three. My number three is a movie that we never, uh, I don't think we ever got to review. We did talk about it briefly last year. Um, it is a movie that did not make any list because uh, it was in between. It's an in-between movie. You might have guessed already, but it is Promising Young Woman. Uh, a movie that uh was heavily nominated. I think it won just one thing though, it didn't win much in the Oscars. But it was uh heavily uh notifi- um, uh recognized by a lot of people and critics and stuff when it came out in late 2020 and um and I, I got I missed it for the 2021 top ten shows. So um yeah made it here. So a promising a woman is a a young woman uh, traumatized by a tragic event in her, in her past seeks out revenge or vengeance against those who crossed her path. And it is a, a movie um, written and directed by Emerald Fennell starring case, uh, Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham is in this film, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Adam Brody, who plays a, like a real dickhead, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. A lot of people are in this movie. And, um, this movie is uh, uh, like the my most I want to say the most biting and visceral emotionally speaking movie I saw at least of, of this list so to speak like that I saw that I really wanted to include in uh, in this list or any list really mm-hmm. um, I found its subject matter to be um, you know it it, it kind of has a pop a pop culture kind of like a you know, like a pop-heavy synth kind of feel to these dreadful, like real, like real problems in our society, especially American society, between males and females. I don't want to say males against females, but males and females. Um, and it does use a lot of pop culture stuff to like kind of implement it and a lot of showiness to kind of like put it in your face. But I think what it does is that it visually puts you. And different perspectives and at uh, least perspective of this promising young woman who is, again, seeking out vengeance because of what happened to her best friend in college and how she takes out that vengeance and how her, um, how res- resolute she is in her mind to her will to like proceed this stuff is both very harrowing. It feels righteous. It is righteous, but it's also... Very wrong. It is also destructive. And she becomes like the Joker of a good cause, um, which I think I feel like is the best way to describe her and this movie. She's a Joker. She's just chaotic, destructive. Uh, but she just happens to have a good cause for it, whereas mm-hmm. the Joker does not. Um, um Yeah, and I feel like um I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, I guess, either, but man, it has a very powerful third act that. I was completely like squirming and fucking jumping out of my seat um, when I saw it. Again, for the first time, I've seen it three times because I couldn't help myself with this movie. And uh, yeah, it was very, very, very cool. Very interesting dynamics. It shows of different societal cues that get mismanaged and misinterpreted and then people take advantage of. And then now just people about the systemic, uh, the systems of not just the manners and the cultural, but like how laws are then reflected by those, those little subtle points of views that screw everyone up, you know, screw everyone up. And in certain situations where it's, it should not be, it is morally wrong. And it shows it, and it has a third act that kind of puts it right into your face, says, shut the fuck up and throws a grenade. Um, And I really liked it. I really fell for it, so yeah, it's a movie that I wish we could have, um, wish would have made more. I guess I wish more people even saw it. But like, man, it's a good movie. I Really, really liked it. Um, that's promising, young woman. It is my number three. Your number two.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Good choice. Um, my uh, number two is another movie because you know we already talked about movies that uh, we've seen. Um, it's a uh, I going to say it's a French, yeah, it's a Louis Buñuel movie oh um, that's uh, That Obscure Object of Desire nice. um, it's uh, it's a funny, it's a movie that I, I want to watch with, I wanted to watch with my wife and she caught some of it but she didn't see all of it <laughs> Um, and it's like just like this attention of uh, of this uh, middle-aged, sophist- French, sophisticated person who is just fucking in like lust or love with this uh, chambermaid, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the, the going through it of like first. Of what, I mean, it's, I love how the movie sets it up. First of all, they do a great job of just setting up the fact that he hates this person the worst person on the face of the planet and then begins to tell you why she's the best person on the face of the planet and this love and blah 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 and then how the movie ends overall but it's just everything in between and seeing how he just this guy who thinks he can own everything but at the same time thinks he wants love from this person and like it's like a it's like he, he's like this cat trying to catch his mouse and he yeah. on, but he doesn't know what to do once he catches you know like it's really weird um, and it's, but it's so, it's so funny at the same time. Cause it is, it's, it's a comedy in a way, uh, where there's a lot of things going on that you're just like, like, how did you think, what did you think was going to happen? Or things that happened that with, along with the, with the two characters, which, um, it's, uh, Rey and, uh, Carol, uh, Bouquet or Bouquet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's crazy to see like, just this, like this, this, this man who's, Obviously, like, well-off and businessman and everything like that, just have little no control over himself when it comes to her. Um, and it's uh, all the things that happen, all the things he goes through, and all the things that she puts him through. Uh, and you can see why she's, you know, like, where, where she falls, why she does the things she does, or you can see kind of the things, why he does the things he does. But at the same time, it's just, like, what are you willing to do to just, like... For that you know for the for the thing you want and it is very much uh, the title is so great because he does almost see her like as an object um, <laughs> like in a, in a weird way because it is it is desire right but like it's just it's just a crazy movie to uh, it's like, it's like a crazy portrait of like I, I see this happening now like nowadays though you know it's not this, this is a very this, this movie still points out to a lot of like human reactions just that happen in every day all the time throughout all of all all of time, you know. Um it's just so like innate full of the way people act, you know? Um yeah. and I i think it's just shot beautifully. I think it's just one of those one of those uh types of movies and I know Luis Bunuel is just uh one of those directors who's just, you know, fantastic at doing what he does or used <laughs> to doing what he does. Yeah. Um and uh, I'm glad I caught it because, uh, again, hit that French film cinema thing, you know? Uh, Maybe made me start looking into things and appreciating other types of films. And this is one of them. So that's my number two.
1: All right. Excellent number two. I uh, wish I could have included it when I mean, I wish I was podcasting back when I first saw it. But yeah, it all done.
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, yeah, very good filmmaker. I haven't seen all this stuff, but I've seen like, I don't know, like a good quarter to half um my number what is the number two my number two is uh, definitely an odd place one it's a different thing entirely it is a podcast that i heard um actually several podcasts made the short list we'll get into that in, in a bit but this one made the cut and it was number two so um high entertainment it is a companion piece um to a show that I, a very beloved show that I really like watching a lot. It's my, com- one of those comfort shows for me It is called the West Wing, the West Wing Weekly, which, uh, obviously covers the West Wing. Um, the Aaron Sorkin show that came out in the early two thousand, late nineties, two thousands, um, had a whole run of seven or eight seasons. And, uh, and that's like 24 episodes of pop people. It was just back then when that was normal. Um, so the West Wing Weekly started up uh, many, several years ago. It's not like a new show. It, it ended It ended, um, about a year, maybe a half a year before the pandemic. That's when it ended. Um, and they come back every once in a while to do like guest stuff or, or guest spots. When something happens with the West Wing, they'll come back for another episode. But they've long been like done, you know. Mm-hmm. And this show uh, covers every episode and does a, a retrospective on every single episode. One to one every episode, um, and it uh, it has. Um, let's see, uh, I forgot how his name. Hirway Hishkesh. Man, he pronounced He mentions it, and so often in the introduction of the show, the hosts his name, but um, it's been since March since I heard it, so I don't remember how to pronounce it. But the other host is a uh, an actor called um, named uh, Joshua Molina, who is uh one of the actual like main stars in the later half of West Wing show itself. So like when you have one of the actors doing the the episodes too. And um it is a it is one of my favorite companion pieces of all time. Um they get into a lot of the stuff and now, you know, they as they review scene by scene breakdown of every episode of the show that I watch many times that I love, um, they also get because, you know, Joshua Molina's in it and other, you know, they have more prominence, I guess, in their, in their broadcasting is that they get, they, I, I honestly think they get everyone, everyone you can imagine that ever worked on the West Wing, including Aaron Sorkin several times they get him. They get him like two, three times in the whole run. They get everybody to do interviews and they kind of bring in, uh, these actors who have like prominent episodes on this episode or even even prominent special guest stars that come in for their episodes and they just talk about it. And it's a wonderful companion piece to the show. And that's how I watched it, actually. I uh, The way I did it, and it's worked the best for me, is that I would watch one episode of West Wing. Right. And then I would listen to that episode's the podcast that covers that episode. But instead of watching the next one after that, what I would do is that I will listen to two episodes. I will listen to the episode that I, that, uh, the episode that, uh, the, sh- the podcast of the episode I just saw, and then I will listen to the next one. And then what I do is that I go back to the show and watch the next two. So that way I'm always listening to something that I already heard them talk about so I can catch the same stuff they were catching and discover the same things in the next episode that I was going to catch up on um And I found that to be like the best way to have to watch the show and listen to the podcast. It became like a big tradition. Like it lasted like several, like, I don't want to say several months, but it lasted like, I mean, as many episodes, like 100 episodes more. And uh it lasted like two months worth of like doing this back and forth, going to work, listen to the episode, come back, watch the next two episodes, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that. It was a lot of fun. And the West Wing, obviously, if anyone's a fan of the Aaron Sorkin show, um, it is a must listen. It is a must do. Uh, definitely put this in your podcast feed or whatever um, and check it out. Uh, they're all still there. The backlog is entirely still there. And they have a lot of interviews and they're all a lot of fun. And Joshua Molina is like a real like prankster kind of guy. And you get a lot of back, back, uh, back scenes. Um, what do you call it? Uh, vaccines. That's not right. What do you call it? Back um, Background? That's not right. There's a, there's, a, there's a type of um, whatever, information on the behind the scenes. There you go. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes stuff, information on a lot of things. Including things that you never like, never thought of that are in every episode that you never thought to look at or pay attention to, like um, CJ's fishbowl, for example, that changes many times throughout the first few seasons. Of like, depending on what the episode's about, like if it's about gun violence, they'll have like a gun in the fishbowl that you never notice. Things like that. Um, very, very cool. It's such a great companion piece. I just love it so much, and I really like their the candor and the and the hosts and their you know, rapport with each other. They're clearly best friends already. And uh, this is just like an excuse to hang out. And it feels like that too. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it for everyone. Uh, again, this is specifically for fans of the West Wing. But yeah, I mean, I guess anyone can do it. But like uh, uh, fans of the West Wing will enjoy it more. So yeah, it's called the West Wing Weekly. I finally discovered it. I started listening to them in like January, February. And then I finished them in spring. So yeah, check it out. That's my number two what is your number, one, your number one? Nice.
0: My number one, uh, I couldn't get it on there for my top TV shows because it just, you know, it didn't fall on the list. There's too many TV shows, but luckily in a loophole, technically it came out in 2020 or started in 2020, just finished in 2021. So there's my loophole. Yay. Yay. Um, and it's uh, also like, it's just like, it's not my guilty pleasure, but it's it's like, I've noticed that I like more and more of this. And I've always, I've, I've always had my like, basis of things that, like, happens like this. Um, and it's, uh, my, uh one of my Korean dramas, so it's, uh, run on, um, that mm. I saw on Netflix. Uh, and it's funny, because it's about a girl, a guy who's, a guy who's an athlete, parents, or his dad is a polit- politician, right? Um, his, and then the girl is a, uh, well, she's just a person, you know, went to high school, went to college and everything like that. She's a, she is a, uh, a translator for movies and for she does like uh, the subs and uh, for the movies, for her, you know, and what's it called them. Um, she'll show sub movies into English from Korean for uh, for Korean movies that are going out to other countries, um, okay. or for you know. So that's her job, and it's an interesting job to say the least. Um, you know, and uh, it's funny because they make a big deal. At least the show doesn't make a big deal about. Uh, they always show who who is the person who. Writes the who did the translation just uh, for this episode and stuff like that. That's like one of the first first people who's announced pronounced at the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. The show is not the best, not that greatest, but it's one of those shows that it's like very calming to watch. And I notice this. I have these you know, every so often. Um, you have shows that you kind of like, or movies or whatever that you just feel more comfortable, even whatever type of media that you consume. Um, that you just want to have more of a relaxing thing. It doesn't have to be always, like, the shooter game, the action movie, the horror movie. And you need something to just, you know, make you feel more ease. And it's nice for me to take those time, especially something something that I also, like, it's more like a thing along with my wife that me and her get into. Because, obviously, pff, fucking romantic drama shit, she's all over it. Um, yeah. But for me, it's more like uh, this is, like, a relaxing moment. I like the story overall. Don't get me wrong, this, nothing's perfect, but it's still good. And uh, I've always liked shows like this. It's happened to me during, I get like phases. It's happened to me during high school, a little bit after, where I just get really into stuff like this. And then I'll, we'll watch it for a little bit, and then I'll be like, man, I need something to just go like, put me at ease, and I'll go right back into stuff like this. Um, and it's like so easily digestible. Um, and i this is one of the shows that's, go we'll figure it's a Netflix original. Um, like I said, it's not perfect, but it is like how they perceive and I know that we have a huge uh, what's it called um, uh, what's uh, influence is the word. We, uh, Americans have a huge influence on uh, on how they are starting to do things and I noticed that Koreans overall Korea as a whole when it comes to entertainment industry, movies and TV shows and music has been getting so now they feel like they're influencing us as well. Um, I feel like they're they're starting to start. It's a lot of their a lot of their work is starting to come over, um, more noticeably, um, and it's because they're starting to do better work, you know. Um, finally, yeah, finally, in my, yeah, finally. It's, it's it was I for the longest time I think it was just you guys have horror movies, great. Um, <laughs> like and then it's uh yeah. you guys have K-pop, okay, and now you're starting to have other just regular movies, dramas, and shows, and everything's everything else is coming out, yeah um, so yeah, it's great, and it's great to see the the rise of it, obviously you don't you realize stuff like that, so uh yeah, my number one is um what's it called run on really good show to watch really good shows just uh it's if I understand Korean it'd totally be a background like I'm cleaning around the house type of thing, but instead, I get to just sit down for whatever a length episode uh 45 minutes, so they all vary an hour long ish around there um sit down watch it have fun get to see these characters like oh shit what's gonna happen uh it's kind of cool it's like watching a telenovela it's something like i feel like so weird because it is a telenovela in a weird way just not as much fucking like you slept with my husband's cousin's secretary or whatever yeah um so it's just uh yeah it's one of those one of those things so that's my number one
1: excellent um don't know anything about it uh but it's uh where is it available again netflix netflix right everyone check it out um my number one is a video game that uh may be obvious to some certainly obvious to me um it is uh death stranding mm. my number one which hideo
0: uh, Kojima.
1: yes hideo kojima's uh latest film l- latest game sorry um no i did not play the director's cut i didn't know that was the thing until you told me Ruff. um safe to say i probably will get that at some point and do this whole thing all over again because um i i loved it i mean i put in like i think if i say 100 hours i'm low oh wow um i think so uh so it's a it's a game where anyway it it, it stars uh, actual like um, actors are kind of known stars Norman Reedus Mads Mickelson Lea Sidhu who's had like a banger year uh, Troy Baker Margaret Qualley many many others too but uh, those top three are the the bigger ones Um, this game is set in the United States following a cataclysmic event which caused destructive creatures to begin roaming the earth Um. And you play this character called uh Sam Porter Bridges, who is a courier in this post apocalyptic future that deliver that his whole like his whole purpose is as a courier is to deliver supplies to isolated colonies and reconnecting them to a wireless communication network like of the of the whatever governmental hub that barely postman. exists. Um
0: what? I thought you were a postal man.
1: Yeah, a courier, same thing. Curry okay. is a fancy way of saying postman. Um, and that's who you are as a character. You have to travel the entirety of the United States from, you know, from lake to Holy shit, mountain. the entire
0: United States?
1: Yeah, you travel from one end of the United States to the other end. It very feel it very much feels like the last of us in that same way where they have to travel a long distance to get somewhere. Yeah. Um, same thing. And along the way, you have to... Establish communications, you have to establish friendships, you have to like convince people, hopefully, to join this network that con- that connects to the basically whatever remains of the U.S. government in this post-apocalyptic future. Um, and, uh, and can reconnect them so that way that everyone can be like, we can make a country again. It's trying to unite all the pieces together, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, have you played this game?
0: I No, I, I, I own the game yeah you own it, yeah, I own it. I bought it like when it was on sale for like whatever I forgot how much, but whatever, not full mm-hmm. price um and i uh it's one of those games where I just know it's daunting, like you have to start it and I feel yeah, like once I started it, I don't think I'm gonna stop. It's one of those addicting kind of games,
1: yeah, it is for me, um but then again, Kojima yeah, yeah. Like I don't that, get yeah.
0: Me wrong. Kojima's I, I don't think i've ever i, I don't yeah. think I've missed the Kojima games since I've grown up with Kojima games.
1: Yeah, Ever um, since Metal Gear Solid, right?
0: Yeah, Ever since Metal Gear Solid. I don't think I've missed the Kojima game. I'm trying to think. Um, maybe I mean, maybe part maybe partnerships that he's done with like pre-Kojima presents, but yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's not the kind of Right, think.
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and it's, uh, as far as but
0: it's funny because I I've heard I've only heard two things of this game. What? You either what you're saying, you love it, uh-huh. or you can't stand this game.
1: Well, here's here's something that I'm gonna say that right right away may deter you or may want to Maybe it will entice you. You know, Pretty it sure. takes when it comes to big like games like this, where there's got like, huge maps left and right, and there's all this stuff to do, and um, and there's more than one way to get across. You could just go straight to the right. You could just go straight to the end in a simpler way, or be like me and you know deliver everything. I really did. I got everything except for one thing at the end. I think mm-hmm. to get a, to get the platinum star, I forget what it was, but I got everything. Anyway, um, the thing about this game that makes it really unique is the, the mechanics, I want to say. The mechanics is very unique, which is always a thing with him. He always has very unique gameplay mechanics for a character or for the style of the game that you never see anywhere. It kind of has like a heavy rain feel to it, where heavy rain is also very similar to like having different gameplay mechanics that is unlike anything else um so i think those two are very much common that way but besides that i think the different the bigger difference in the storytelling of the things you have to do a lot um as a courier uh what would be a normally a side mission that you may want to skip or you want for like the loot in any other game this in this game and that stranding it is the main focus
0: Hmm.
1: you know so like the idea of like finding uh finding deliveries and sending them to the rightful place meaning going yourself to 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 deliver it and whatever treacherous whatever road whatever the road leads you like if whatever dangers there are along the way you have to deal with um that is the thing the main story is what would be a side quest in most other games and that sounds like a diss but it really isn't it makes it like it almost makes it like um like a certain car- a certain type of gamer, I think maybe, maybe a certain type of introvert, maybe a certain type of like anxiety or a certain type of like uh, perfectionist, maybe would is it's like this what this game is for them, you know? Like you make it makes you want to like really zone in on the on the work, kind of makes you want to like. Like, you have to focus on the weight disbursement of what you're carrying. And then, like, it makes you want to, like, figure out which vehicle to use, if any, if you can, because sometimes you can't, um, to, to deliver this item. And then you got to think of the bandits and the, and the real horror supernatural stuff that's going on in the world that's pretty cool, very cool, very, very uh, terrifying, though, the first time you do it, um, where you could die and then death is not the end. You know, in this game, it's like a very weird thing going on. Um, very Hideo Kojima, by the way, and um, and yeah, the you know, it's just like in his other movies or his other games too, where like you're watching like a movie sometimes, like it's so much uh, cutscenes and stuff like that. He still has that, but like, um, but the whole the but, but the grind of the game is what makes it unique. It's like that's what the focus is: is the grind. And Yeah. But it you know it really doesn't. It really never felt that way to me. And all those hours I put in, I really didn't feel that way to me. You know, like, you know, there's a certain moment in in games, any kind of game that tastes, um, that has a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of side quests or whatever, a lot of world discovery, that um some of them you know i don't really finish sometimes because they're like i had enough like i overdid it on the side stuff and I never made never finished the main story and i never get back to it or i get back to it years later or whatever um and this one i definitely did that and more but that's because that's the point of the game it's not tr- not trying to trick you with these side things these are the things there is no other thing they're just different versions of the same thing. Um, and it sounds like repetitive and weird. It sounds like I'm dissing it, but it really isn't. It's kind of hard to describe and you kind of have to play it to find out. But like, it is super fun. And also the way it includes like all the network stuff is really interesting and the way that it includes, um, it kind of makes you like cheer for other players who are discovering the game with you and you can build things for each other in a weird way. You don't fight other people, although I think you can. Um, you, you can like, kind of share your progress with others and have them help you and you help them. It's very interesting um, how they do that. Uh, yeah, it's a very unique game. I've never seen anything like it. I think it just hands it just wins for me. Um, and also, like, it's the one thing on my list I can let me look at it. Yeah, it's the one thing on my list that took the most time away from me. So <laughs> it makes sense. The um, West Wing Weekly, happened my number two, uh, and then everything else is a meager second. But yeah, Check it out, guys. It's my number one. That's Stranding. Came out on the PS4, 5, whatever, Uh, a couple years ago, like three, four years ago, right? Um, Three years ago. Two years ago? I don't know how old is this. But check Uh, it out.
0: Two years old, though?
1: Yeah, two years. Not that old. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I really liked it. Totally, totally won me. So that's my number one, and those are our discoveries, our top 10 discoveries in 2021. Now we're going to get into honorable mentions. Raph, what didn't make your list? But I almost did.
0: Uh, let me see. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso oh, you did, you saw Ted Lasso? I saw the first season of it, technically, last year. Yeah, got it. Um, but it came out a year ago, right? Two years ago now. Two, so, yeah, um, I think two now. Uh, yeah, Ted Lasso was one of them. Uh, what else? Is it? Um, Prospect movie. I liked Prospect a lot. Nice. Was- yeah. Um, as far as like media consumption, I had other like experiences technically, <laughs> like um, you know me. Um, I had allergy shots for the first time I could have about. Oh, um, okay. I went to oh, some that? exhibits that I didn't never gone to before that are in the city right now.
1: Oh yeah, I guess I did that too with you a little bit.
0: Technically, yeah. Um, I got on TikTok for the first time. Been off for a while.
1: But... Oh yeah, me too. I got on TikTok for the first time this year. Oh, yeah, this point.
0: it so. Yeah, twenty twenty one So. There you go. Hmm. So right.
1: besides, besides that, uh, nothing else. Uh, okay, well, I have a little bit of thing here. So uh, one is uh, Asterion, the name of a podcast that kind of uh, talks about movies uh, that I really found interesting. Um, Jennifer's Body, a movie with uh, Megan Fox and the chick I forgot the name. Um, from the 2000s that I really enjoyed. I already talked about that kind of in recent discoveries um you know i had this on my list in a previous year like two three years ago maybe three it's the dresden files um but this would have included the 10 or 12 books after the ones i had already read i'm fully caught up to all of the books now so i almost made my list but i figured i would have one year but yeah so i read all the oh yeah i finished all those books um another one a horror movie from my uh horror movie marathon stuff is um the Black Christmas trilogy, The Hitcher, um, a movie called uh, The Poughkeepsie Capes, and Inside, the French movie called Inside, that is pretty horrifying. All those kind of made my short list. Uh, God of War, I played that finally, the latest oh, God okay. of War. Yeah, played that where they're like mixing up their um, their lore right with Greek to, um, Greek and what is it, Valkyrie? Right, Valkyrie? No, Valkyrie. That's not the right term. Vikings right yeah greek and vikings uh mixing up their shit there uh another one is a movie called weathering with you right Makoto Shinkai which uh Luke loves of course I finally saw that it was uh made my shortlist Demon Slayer made my shortlist a podcast called uh, Forgotten the women of Horus it's about the some of the most I mean it's a lie it's I'm not lie, but it's a like a, doc- like a documentary interview type of thing but like it's a it's a like a reporting on uh what happens to a lot of the people women in juarez and how they disappear and what happens to them very very like dark heavy shit going on in juarez sometimes um yeah. far cry five i played that as well as new dawn which is a continual of that far cry five
0: man i hear far cry six is amazing by the way
1: that's the latest one right
0: yeah the one yeah. with uh Juan carlos esposito
1: yeah, Gus. Yeah, I want to see. I want to play that for sure. I haven't played I,
0: it yet. I, I hear it's like basically any issues you've ever had from like the previous hardcore games. That's kind of like fixes mm. a lot of those issues. Wow, It just like mm. makes makes it feel more refreshing too. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard.
1: I can't wait to play I, that. I, I almost,
0: almost makes me want to. Almost makes me want to get back into hardcore because I yeah I stopped after I three the four looked the same. I, I played a little bit of it. Primal, I never played it, and obviously I never got into.
1: That's so funny because I started on Far Cry later. I mean, I started with I think three, and then Primal, Love Primal, then four, and then obviously five this year or five last year, uh, with with including a uh, new Dawn. Um, yep. and I played them all. Yeah, I played them all. I played all of it, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, another one here is uh, Kim's Convenience, which I mentioned before. It's a show on Netflix, a comedy rom, not a comedy. Uh, yeah, it's a comedy, but it's like a a sitcom, I guess, without the laugh track. Uh, set in San Francisco? I forget where. Shit. Anyway, check it out. Uh, A a board game made my shortlist called Quilt, which I played for the first time on a pseudo date I went out with. And um, uh, Quilt is a very interesting board game. I had a lot of fun with it. It was like my number 12, basically. Uh, Prospect also made my shortlist, which made yours. Uh, Harley Quinn the only reason I didn't include Harley Quinn's first season is because the second season made my top 10 TV shows of the year. So that's why I was like, eh, I'll, just include, I'll include you in one list. Yeah. And then um, last but not least, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm not done yet with, but I've given it more than enough to like kind of recommend it or not. So, sure. yeah, those are my honorable mentions. And that's it for our show. Really, our, that's it. You have been this whole time listening to another movie podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our top ten discoveries, and you know, I ask you, what did you discover that you enjoyed most in last year? Um, now we're gonna we're gonna as we exit here, I want to remind you guys that uh, we are gonna be taking a break. I did see, I did peruse, and I saw on Google's so on the Googles. That March twenty seventh, it looks like it's gonna be the date where they are not, They're gonna do the award ceremony.
0: All the way till March, Ac- well,
1: yeah, late March for the Academy Awards. So I figure we're gonna come back for that show when we either we we'll either come back uh, right before to discuss the nominations because I think discussing the nominations and what could win is more of a fun show than discussing the ceremony itself. So we'll see. We'll decide by then. Um, that's when the show is out, but. They're announcing their nominations on the 8th of February. So very soon, this coming week, oh, wow, yeah. they're going to announce it. So um, we'll have anywhere between that time and the actual ceremony, I think, is the best time to like that's when we have vacation and where we're uh, when we're going to talk about the next show. So uh, until then, stay tuned, guys. But until then, I am Oscar and Ralph. See you later.
0: Look, everything in this world is running exactly on schedule. Besides, to leave, we probably have to wait until the movie's over or something.
1: Well, when is that gonna happen?